1: Inside Sources, Inside Sources, with Boyd Matheson. Well, trash collection, mail carrying, pothole feeling, bus driving, a lot of the jobs uh, have something in common. There's lots of holes uh, and lots of jobs to be filled. And while the private sector has picked up relatively well, the public sector has floundered. So why is that? What's behind all of that? And is there something we're not really thinking about beyond the headline that we should be thinking about when it comes to the public sector? Uh, Catherine Rampel, a columnist for The Washington Post covering economics, public policy, immigration and politics. Uh, Catherine, great to have you back on the program. And uh, you called this a slow moving crisis, uh, paralyzing states and cities. Give us the details.
2: Sure. So it's interesting. If you look at local news coverage around the country, this may be the case uh, in your market as well. There are lots of stories about how trash isn't being picked up, school bus routes are being canceled, potholes aren't being filled, the local corrections facility is understaffed, et cetera. Um, And I think a lot of people assume that that's something unique to their area, that uh, something must be wrong with the government in their area, that they they can't get their basic services, their basic functions accomplished. But in fact, this is happening across the country, um, that essentially, even though the private sector has more than recovered all of the jobs lost at the beginning of the pandemic, the public sector is still deeply in the hole in the sense that we're still missing about 600,000 um filled jobs at at state and local governments. Um and, and that's affecting public services, you know, the kinds of things that most taxpayers, most residents take for granted, like trash pickup.
1: Yeah, that's so important to kind of get into that. So let's kind of peel the onion back a little bit in terms of that decline. Now, you mentioned in your piece in The Washington Post that about half of that is in education. Uh, But give us some details in terms of some of the nuances in terms of where are those holes and what are some of the underlying causes as to why those jobs are just not being filled?
2: Sure. So about half of this, as you you mentioned, is in education. There have been lots of stories you've probably seen about teacher shortages. It's not only teachers, it's also a lot of staffers who work in education, bus drivers, cafeteria workers, et cetera. Um, But then it's pretty much every other function of government that you can imagine. Um, I've heard about shortages of child welfare advocates, uh, people who, you know, uh, either represent children's interests in courts or in social services type offices, heavy equipment operators, the kinds of people who maybe work on road construction or um, uh, hauling various kinds of, um, you know, goods in in city trucks, county trucks, whether it's trash or, or various other kinds of waste. It, it's a lot of different kinds of functions. Public health, as you can imagine, hit badly as well. And there are a few common themes, um, I think, that are accounting for a lot of these shortages of workers, and and there's basically been exodus of workers. Part of it has to do with the age profile of the public sector workforce. Uh, Public workers tend to skew a little bit older um, than private sector workers, so there has been um, a bigger impact from the retirement of the baby boom generation. That's part of it. But a large part of the problem has to do with pay, that historically, there have been a lot of occupations that have paid less in the public sector than in the private sector. Think about, you know, an IT professional working for your local government probably can make more in the private sector. But the gap between what the private sector and the public sector uh, pays has been growing in the last couple of years. And and that's because, you know, I'm sure you all have heard um, we are in a really tight labor market. We're in an inflationary environment. Workers are demanding higher pay. And private employers are just much nimbler <laughs> right. at being able to accommodate those kinds of um, requests or demands for higher pay than, than the public sector is, whether that's because of um, bureaucracy, you know, uh, states might be on a two-year budget cycle, things like that, or um, often enough, it's because there's a lot of opposition to raising the pay of of public servants you know it's it's public knowledge (laughs) when the (laughs) local city manager gets a raise raise, yeah (laughs) um yeah people call into the local TV station or the radio station (laughs) and say you know why are we paying these people more money they're supposed to be public servants so the pay has been an issue um beyond that you know some of these jobs have gotten a lot more stressful or um difficult or frankly unpopular in the last few years so um Teachers, obviously, one issue, you know, very fraught occupation right now, but also public health workers. Uh, you know, if you're a nurse and you've been administering COVID vaccines, your job has gotten a lot more controversial. Maybe, right. um, you know, you're you know, you're getting harassed by the public. Um, you might prefer to, to take a job elsewhere. If you are an election official and in many parts of the country, that's gotten more difficult. If you work in law enforcement, yeah. um, of course. Those jobs have become much more controversial, um, and you know, the rela- you know the relationship between the public and the police has changed as well. So some of these jobs, in addition to you know not keeping up with inflation, they've also become more unpleasant, and people are, are seeking uh, opportunities in the private sector. So, so that's part of it. And then the other kinds of perks that historically would have might have made public sector work. Uh, more attractive, like maybe you got a little bit less pay, but you had more job security. Right. Or maybe you got a little less pay, but you had, you know, more predictable hours, sh- fewer hours. You know, you weren't going to be forced to do overtime or something like that. Those kinds of benefits um, have become less reliable, too, in part because there were huge layoffs early in the pandemic. Um, so that you know, if you thought you had job security, maybe you're in, in the public sector, <laughs> maybe you're thinking twice about that. And then you know, there's been a lot of forced overtime in certain kinds right. of positions in the public sector. So, like I heard, I've heard stories about corrections officers who can't leave at the end of their shift because the replacement officer doesn't come in, and there are legal requirements about you know how many how many um, sheriff's deputies or whatever have to be on duty. Um, at a jail, so uh, so people are don't don't have some of the benefits that were at one time associated with these jobs that might make up for uh, the fact that they're not as remunerative in other traditional ways.
1: Yeah, it's so fascinating. Uh, great look uh, in there. The, I I love the fact that you got into this whole idea of just kind of the the feeling that the stress, the the fact that it's unpopular, uh, some of those things uh, clearly, and then you add. the uh, the non-competitive wages and the staffing shortages piece, I think that burnout is such a a real issue as well. Uh, Anything just real quickly uh, in terms of what's on the horizon, any shifts, anyone getting creative in terms of dealing with this? Uh,
2: So there are districts that are raising pay, um, maybe even raising pay a lot more than they have in the past, but maybe still not enough to account for uh, how how much inflation is right now? How high inflation is? But you know, so, some places are, are raising money. Um, I think that there are some places that are like trying to remind people about the psychic rewards of public service. You know, you're serving your community. You're um, you're a great patriot. I've I've heard a lot of pep talks in my reporting.
1: <laughs> I bet you <laughs> over have the
2: last few months. <laughs> and I'm sure that's helpful. You know, because morale has been suffering for all of the other reasons we've been talking about. But you know, ultimately, ultimately, I think a lot of workers are going to look at the options that they can get in in different kinds of jobs, and it's going to come down to who pays me better, who has the hours that I want. You know, all of the usual things. How, How is the commute? All of the usual things that people care about. And if public sector jobs can't compete on a lot of those dimensions. I, I fear that there will continue to be deterioration of a lot of basic uh, government functions, like trash pickup, yeah. going forward. Absolutely,
1: Catherine Rampell, columnist for the Washington Post. This is a great piece. Slow-moving crisis, paralyzing states and cities dealing with those public sector workers, uh, such an important part of the process. We'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Stick
2: around. <laughs>